Thank you, worship team. All righty. That's such I thought a he should song. sing along with, but he wouldn't go for that. Good job. No, I think that was good. Like a duet. Yeah, well. That would have been so cool. You're the. If we did a duet. We should. You want to try it sometime? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I really want them to hear you sing. How, wouldn't you love to hear Pastor sing? Oh, you're yeah. in for a treat. Oh, a treat. You're going to love it. We'll work on that this week. How to not grow your church in three easy steps. <laughs> have Pastor sing. That would be how to not grow oh, your no. church. Uh, that will never happen. Never, never say, say never. never. Uh, that will most likely. You know what's happening now, right? Not happening. That will not happen in this, in, at, like on the platform. She may try to secretly record me sometime or something, which she has in the past. Marcus was doing an Instagram a couple weeks ago, and Janie said, what in the world is that noise? And Marcus said, I think it's Papa. <laughs> he was singing over there. I was the singing. I we were at the other campus, and he was the doing it. Was it right here? And oh, I was oh. singing, because I like to sing. And he was, he was audibleizing his video, and uh, there was a horrible sound on there. I blamed it on the sound person, the sound check, but uh, it was bad. All right. Hey, you know, last uh, Friday afternoon, I had the opportunity to preach to 1.8 million people live on King Television uh, in five different continents. It was just, uh, it was a really cool uh, experience. But they told me then after the fact, uh, there were over 10,000 commitments to the Lord that happened during that time. So isn't, isn't God good? That God is just so, he, he, he just, it's, it's just to God's glory. God is just really cool. They're going to interview me uh, in a week and a half on that same station. And uh, we don't know what God's going to do with it, but just pray with me uh, that the Lord would have his way and will and all the things that we do. God is opening some really cool doors and, and he's faithful. We got a great message for you and we're going to do this series, right? Are. Family first. Yes. Go ahead. I'm used to being up here by myself. So. I know, me too. <laughs> All right, let me just pray. Father, we love you and we thank you so much that your presence is already here. Yeah. We thank you that your word is already anointed. But Lord, we pray today that you would anoint our lips and our ears to hear your voice, to speak whatever needs to be said, whatever word that would need to come out, that, that Lord, our our body would be open and receptive, our ears would be open to hear, our hearts would be ready to, Lord, hear your voice today as we talk about the family and how much it matters to you. We bless you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Her voice is ready to receive. Ah, I like it. She's amen and with amen. me. Awesome. All right. I'm just going to start. Yeah. Go with that. All right. Check it off. This is so much cooler as in temperature, yes. than we was at the last campus. We were down there, and it was it was a packed day. So, you know, when it's packed, you got more people. And then, ooh, it was cooking in there. It was hot. It was hot. So yeah. you might want to come to this one until that one's air's fixed. <laughs> you're, you're, you got lucky seat, as we used to yeah. say to our kids. You got the lucky seat. <laughs> but God's good. You're going to get it fixed. All right, I'm going to go out of Philippians 2, 1 through 3. And I love this so much. I love this, this word. It says, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, 
If any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being in the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, consider one another as more important than yourself. Wow. 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 Like that, really, huh. you can drop the mic because if you just hear that and yeah. do that, your life is going to be so changed. So, so changed. So sure. we're going to talk about that today, sure. about the... Um, a word that was given, and we actually got it like four times. Yeah. So um, Pastor will be talking, he'll be in giving the word, but the prophetic word. Um, do I t give my thing first? I can't remember how we did it last time. Yeah. Give my prophetic. Okay, let me just expound on prophecy. Yeah. Because we, if, we do, if we did a lesson on prophecy, like we would take a whole Wednesday, and maybe even for weeks, and share with you how you prophesy, and we would teach you. So um, someday we would do that. But for today, just let me just give you, as my father used to say, a nugget. A little nugget, just a little taste, just a little bit of, of what prophecy is. Prophecy is a word that, that's, that maybe someone comes up to you and gives you a word and says, hey, I got a word for you. And they're going to prophesy into you. Well, that word should be confirmation, first of all. And it should be encouragement. But if someone comes up and maybe they just say, I got a word for you, and, and you're just doing this, and they just start ripping into you, you know what? You can step back, and you can either be very polite and say, I just don't receive that in your spirit, or you can say, I'll pray into that. But most of the time, God's word just brings confirmation to something maybe that you've already been praying about, something that you've already asked about, and it comes to you and it brings confirmation. It affirms something, and it should be encouraging. Yeah. It should be a word of life and life-giving because there's a lot of doom and gloom, but I think sometimes those people are just having a bad day, and they just want to come in and rip on somebody, and they just picked you. So you can just do what I do and say, I just don't receive that word. Or if it's a word of correction, you might say, I'm just going to pray into that. Mm -hmm. And then do. Just say, Lord, is there any truth in that? Is yeah. there an area you want to correct in me? I'm open. But uh, the word should first and foremost always be encouraging. And if you look up the word encourage, it actually means to put courage in. Good. So when someone gives a prophetic word to you, they should be putting courage in you. Yeah. So you should walk away going, hmm, I was really encouraged by that word. That word spoke to my spirit. That confirmed my spirit. So putting courage in. And in Proverbs 15 and 23, it says, it speaks of a timely word. I like that. I don't mm. know. Does that, the, mm -hmm. yeah, we have that. So, timely word. I loved that interpretation of it. A word that you needed right then. That word came. And you had just been praying about something. And somebody came and said something to you. And it was like, wow. Yeah. That just, that just ministered to me. That was a timely word. A person finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. So a word that God gave to somebody to bring to you, or it can be through the message. You're preaching a, a message, and someone's just sitting out there, and all of a sudden that word becomes prophetic because it was like, wow, I just prayed about that yesterday, and pastor just preached it, and now it just confirmed in my spirit. That was a word, and that's how prophecy should work. The um, pastor's going to say this word because I don't do Greek. Greek oh, word. Yep. So it's para mei. Yeah, say that with me, everybody. Say it three times really quickly. <laughs> everybody <laughs> say that with me. You know how I do that. But, okay, I'm not going to make you do that. 
Para, this is the word for encouragement. Para, the first part of that word in the Greek is like a paramedic is a great example of what this is. There are doctors and there are nurses and there are paramedics, but the paramedic is who brings you to the doctor or to the hospital. Most doctors and nurses, they don't make house calls anymore. But the paramedic would come to your home, pick you up, put the in the ambulance, and they will take you Good. to the hospital. So that's the first part of that encouragement. They're, they're the para. So they're bringing you, the paramedic is bringing you into the hospital. And the last part of that, ha- that other half of that word. May through or may I. Thank you. That word actually is to counsel or advice. So you, if you put that together, there, this word, look at it this way. At a timely moment, the paramedic gets there to take you to the doctor where you need help. And that doctor then is going to give you a timely word or advice or counseling. Maybe you're sick. They're going to tell you what you need. So if you think of that encouragement in the Greek, that's what that means, that somebody is going to give you an encouraging word, a word that you need. So, so that's just very important. Um, when we got this word, because it's exactly what it is. So I just wanted you to know what prophecy is. So when someone comes up and says, I want to prophesy over you, first say, did that bring encouraging? Did that, were you that paramedic that took me to the doctor that I needed help? And that help gave me that doctor, the second half of that word, gave me the advice or the counseling that I needed. Good. That should be prophecy. So if that kind of explains it for you. So it's a really good foundation, and you need to kind of grab it because it's important not only because, Pastor, this was a family series. It is because here's a practical application then. You have the right every day to speak into your spouse's life, your children's life, your grandchildren's life. Maybe you're single, living alone, then maybe a, a parent's life or another family member's life. Maybe it's a sibling or maybe you employ, you have an employer, you speak into their life or you are the employer, you can speak into your employer's life. And so it's that simple word, encouragement, especially then as we speak about the house of God. People here in church together, we have to be for each other, not against each other, right? Say amen. amen. So that when we start to speak life into each other, it's what Janie said. It's putting courage in someone so that then they can walk that walk out. And as we put courage into our children, we put courage into each other, we put courage into different thoughts and ideas, into the church world we're putting courage in, the Bible says, and this is a raw definition, you're prophesying over them. So, okay? The power of death and life are in the tongue. Okay? So we we're looking at a situation of Jason's right here in the front row. I'm speaking encouragement into him. I'm actually prophesying into him. Now, quick story that I read this week. Our son Andrew loves to run, and I can't remember the runner's name. I'll try to remember it, uh, Drew, if I can. But his father was a great athlete at the University of Texas. He was like All-American in football. And I thought, as I was reading the story, I, I was trying to like, man, that's so cool. But the, the, the son couldn't run or couldn't play football. He couldn't play basketball. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't uh, uh, play baseball. He had a lot of my qualities, Marvin. He couldn't do a lot of things. But someone once told him, he said, you know what? I think there's greatness in you. And he became a runner. He was an All-American long-distance runner at the University of Texas. Why? Not because of his father, but because one person, he said, just spoke words of kindness and gentleness into his spirit. When you eat encourage people, even though it just seems like, hey, have a good day. 
We're prophesying over them. Listen, you need to get this because for so many years, we've been told it's kind of a thus saith the Lord type of thing. And then some people have twisted it to where it has become very condemning and very hateful and very like, you're not on my side. Listen, there are no sides in God's kingdom. Joshua found that out when he saw the angel of the Lord. He drew a spear or a sword and said, whose side are you? The angel of the Lord said, neither. I'm not, it's actually the captain of the angel of the Lord's army. It was Jesus. I'm on anybody's side. I'm on everybody's side. When we get that into our spirit and we speak into people's heart and say, man, I think you can do it. I know you can do it. It's going to be, it's not fluff. It's just simply saying, and then what Janie said a moment again, that doesn't mean that there will be times where we have to bring correction to our kids or our loved ones or people in our church or instruction, right? But you do that in love. So grab that word encouragement. It's going to take you a lot of places, a lot of good places. Men? Yes. You're going to share the word. Am I sharing the word now? All right. Now I'm sharing the word. Okay. And that's so, what he was supposed to be doing. Huh? That was good, but that's that was what good, he was but that to wasn't do. the word. And so that wasn't the word. When we were at the downtown campus three and a half years ago or so, and it was really raw, and uh, we we wondered why we bought the building. It was Janie and I and Drew were down there. I don't know if anybody else was down there or not. Emily was there, and the building was just like stuff was falling off the walls, and it was just nasty. And, uh, you know, usually you're like, ah, oh, good job. We got this building. I'm kind of walking through thinking, okay, yeah, we got this. Now what do we do? And we were having a hard time a couple of years with codes and uh, different getting permits and all that good kind of stuff that goes with it. And, and um, Andrew said, you know, I, I think we were, talk- we were talking some strategy, and he said, Mom and Papa, I think my generation is looking more for uh, parents, like parental guidance, than they are pastors. Like, they don't want someone to preach, like, to them every week. They want someone just to kind of walk through it with them. And I'm paraphrasing, but the key word there was just, was parents, okay? And so uh, it was back in January, a friend uh, that used to come to the church, he had called uh, one of our people at the church and said, hey, I think I got a prophetic word for pastor. You think he'd go to lunch with us? And it was really funny because I had uh, dreamed two or three days before that I told Janie about so this guy, I had a dream about this guy wanting to go to lunch and, and bringing someone with him. It was just really weird. And so when the, the other person, the third party called and said, hey, so-and-so wants to go to lunch with us. He's got a prophetic word for you. I said, that's amazing because I just had that dream. So I knew it was God. And so we, we go to lunch and after he's talking about our church and, and, and the downtown campus, he says, I he said, I don't know what it is, but I just see it rocking, just like the place being full and multiple services and so on and so forth. And he said, I, I see you guys as being parents, like you're, you're parenting the people rather than even just pastoring. You're parenting people that don't know love. You're parenting people that, that just like they've been maybe shunned their whole life or they've been just, you know, discoursed their whole life or maybe it's a younger generation has or doesn't have parents. And so I said, I shared him with this person, uh, Andrew's word from three or three and a half years ago and said, that's just, that's confirmation. That's really a good word. And so uh, we left a week or so later to go to uh, Florida 
for a, an annual meeting that we go to with a group of maybe 40 pastors, deep, deep and dear friends that we have a lot of good relationship with. And uh, the, the keynote night, the main night, the pastor who's a good friend of ours, uh, he had talked about, he's seeing a shift taking place and he likened it to almost like pastors becoming more of parental guidance. And he didn't, like that was just a, a, a sentence in his whole deal. It wasn't the whole thing, but Janie and I looked at each other like, Maybe every person in the room might have missed that, but it just connected with us. Like you said a minute ago, it should be confirmation. And so we went uh, out that night, just Jane and I to eat, and we were talking about it. Did you hear what he said? Yeah, we sure did. It's just kind of like when you hear a word that's geared for you, there's something that, that bubbles up inside. That's, again, why encouragement is so important, especially for our young people. They need to be encouraged, okay? And so it was really cool. Well, it was a Monday night, Tuesday, and a Wednesday morning, I think, conference. And Wednesday morning, uh, they asked this uh, a prophet guy, a man who pastors in Mississippi who's got 11 boys, 11 or 12 boys, all boys, no girls, just all, all boys. And he played college football. And he's kind of laid back, but he's like a, a big burly guy, just, a, just like a big old teddy bear. We are going to have him come, and you're going you're gonna to really yeah, love him. And so he said, he, we know him from these events, but don't know him intimately or personally. He looked over, we were sitting kind of where Andrew and him, and he said, hey, could you guys, could you guys stand up? And so we stood up, he said, I know you, but I don't know you. What's your name? He said, Mark and Janie. And he said, I got a, I got a word for you. And I don't know if it's going to make sense to you or not, but he said, during worship, I heard a truck, a dump truck backing up. You know how like big dump trucks will back up uh, quick and then just the... Uh, yeah, beep, 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 beep. He said, I looked at the sound go person. Look, I, I was, go, go, you do it for no, me. I can't. Beep, beep, okay. beep. You do it. All right. It's very, like, that was actually kind of pretty. Those trucks are really annoying when you hear it, you know? Like, beep, beep, whatever. And so we won't waste a lot of time on the beeps. We've wasted too much time already on the beach, you know how an industrial truck backs up, right? And he said, I heard that sound, and I looked over at the sound person, and just like all the sound people always get the, the bad rap, I looked over at the sound, but don't you hear that noise? Can't you do something about it? And he, was, he said, I'm in my mind, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, I recognized it wasn't the sound person at all. It was this, and I knew this was a word for you guys. And he said, there was a truck that was, two trucks, in fact, that were backing up. And first, the first truck that was backing up was one full of God's love. And, and God, he said, I, he said, I see in the Spirit, you guys have gone through a lot of stuff. He said, in fact, God said, He's proud that you're still standing through this time. And he said, does that come from confirmation? Well, yeah, I mean, it did, and it did. We, we'd gone through some stuff that just, just the weight of the world, you know, just stuff, COVID and all that kind of stuff. And so we were like, yeah, he said, that first dump truck was all for you. Like you are going to experience God's love like you had never before. And I would say we have since, yeah. since January, uh, since that, that word. He said, but the second truck, that's for your church. That, that dump truck was backing up and like your church is just going to be full of love and full of kindness and gentleness and people are going to be attracted to that and they're going to come in just by the way that you guys love. And he, then he said this, I don't know if this makes sense or not. And I just started to ball. He said, you guys are going to be parents more, way more than you are pastors. 
And I, I know God thinks I'm slow, so he had to give it to me four different times. Like some people would have got it the first time, you know, or the second time. But no, Mark, it takes like four times. And since then, I got an email from somebody else saying the same thing. So the Lord's actually given it to me five different times. But it was really, and I've never, I'll be honest with you, I've never ever considered myself really a pastor more so than a parent. You know, and, and, I, and so the word that the Lord gave us was this transition of, of, of just parenting people rather than pastoring them. Yeah. So that the first truck was the healing. That, it was that the we healing. Had, we had went through a lot, and we really felt like, um, God, are we doing what you need us to do? Is it time to move on? You know, what is, we had been praying about that. And so it just was beautiful just to say that, you know, all the stuff that you've endured was the thank you for still, thank you for not quitting, thank you for not giving up, thank you yeah. for not. And it was just like a moment. We had it recorded, and I accidentally deleted it, but it, that I had recorded. It was so beautiful. But then the second one was so beautiful. It was how much love is going to be in your church. And then when he talked about the parenting, we, it just confirmed everything because our, our passion is... Um, love and grace. I mean, that's why we wanted the church to be called Grace, because we want people to come and be loved just like they are. We totally believe that that God loves you just like you are, and it is not our job to tell you and, and fix it. Our job is just to encourage you, as we've shared, and show you what the Word says, and then you interpret it, and then you do what you feel, but we still love you no matter what. Just like we have our children, if they was to do something that, that maybe we didn't love or we didn't agree with, we would still say, it doesn't mean we don't love our kids. We will never stop loving our children. We will never, ever just say, nope, sorry, you can't be in our family because you don't believe like we do or you don't act like we No, We will always love. And so I feel like that was a word for us just getting ready to open the downtown campus right. that that however people come however people come into to any church or anywhere we are that our job as a church as a team as a family and that's why we wanted to do the family song we're all family and god loves us all the same our job is just to encourage one another and and bring word and and yes at times we would bring correction to our children but our correction was always brought in love was never kicked out and i think this is um, so key. The first service, as, as I got done, the, a sweet girl came up and she said, I know you got to run to the next service, but can I just tell you this, that my, I lost both of my parents. One was three years ago and one was four years ago. And you said something the first time you came in to, or the first time they had came into downtown, um, came in and you said, I just feel like God is just calling us and we're going to get into it about parenting and being like parental um, parents. And, and she said, I just began to weep and I knew that my parents had went home to be with the Lord and I was sad. But at that moment, I just felt like I belong here. And so that was just another confirmation of the word. So that was so beautiful. But we always have a life scripture. And I think this is so important for, for everybody for everybody as parents, as grandparents, just as single parent or people, just have a scripture that, that you study out and God gives you. Our word was, um, we were on our way driving to Colorado and we always would read the word with our kids and pray. We would do a prayer time, we would do a, re a scripture. And I remember we were driving up the mountain and I was reading in my word and I came, we came across this one and it was, behold, how good it is and pleasant 
for you, brethren, to dwell together in unity. And you can expound on that more if you want to. But um, the, the word was Psalms 133. And that became our life scripture, that where there is unity, God commands the blessing. And this is his blessing. So our key scripture became that. And if you could ask any of our children anywhere growing up, you know, just going to school, what is, your, what is our family motto? It is unity. And if one of us is acting out, or if one of us is not be, doing their part in the family, then you mess up the whole unity of the whole thing. So it's so important as a body that we all work together, as a family, that you can all be united. And I think it's so key, um, especially for the head of the house, and you'll talk about that in a second, but for the wife to be submissive and, you know, I know we do this a lot. A lot of women do this. Um, well, when your dad comes home, you're getting it. <laughs> I know you do that because I had to do that because one time ever in my life, I think I whacked Drew, and he just laughed at me. He literally laughed, stood there and laughed. I said, oh, you just wait. Your papa's coming home, and you won't be laughing at his whack. So... He has to support me, and I have to support him. So when raising your children, this word is so important, not just to your children, to, to each other, but your kids, to brothers and sisters. Yeah. They have got to go back to that first part. When one hurts, the other part hurts. That's when, good. you know, yeah. where I talked about don't think of yourself higher than you are. Yeah. That isn't yeah, even a parent that's thing. Good. That's just a Christian thing. Yeah, so right. if you're thinking you're all that and a bag of chips, maybe go back and read Philippians 2, 1 to 3 and find out that. But with humility, yeah. we've all got to learn to walk in such humility and just be so humble before God. And that's where our blessings, that's where our family miracles take place when we do what the Word says. And, and that, was, that was just so key for us to get a family scripture have everybody know your family scripture. Sometime I've been, been places, I'll say, you got your family scripture? Oh, yeah, we got our family scripture. And I went up and asked our kids, hey, can you tell me what your family scripture is? Oh, I don't think we have one of those. <laughs> so you go back to the mom and say, maybe you need to get a family scripture. Oh, no, we got one. Then maybe you need to tell your children that family scripture because it is so much more important than all the other stuff out there, than all the the game time and all the TV time and all the sports. We totally understand the sports world. That girl running the sound was in every sports thing and was incredible. But we made sure every one of our kids knew they were just as important as she was and that our family was united and they knew that the word was where there's unity, God commands a blessing. I think that's so key in a relationship. And we felt that in the first service yeah. to expound more on if your family's going through stuff, which every family does, get yourself a scripture. But unity has got to be the key point of every family. And if you can get your family united, I promise you, God's word promises you, your family will be blessed. Your finances will be blessed. The health of your family. When situations come up, miracles will take place. All because you did one thing. You were united in your family, and miracles take place when people are united. Amen. So let's go through that psalm really quickly. The first one says, brothers, 
which Paul said, brothers and sisters, and we, for time's sake, but we're all in the same family. We're in the family of God together. So we are brothers and sisters, and although some denominations, religions, maybe 30, 40 years ago, or even Paul's time, they would call somebody brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, it really was a weighted voice. It was something that meant something, okay? Like if one of my brothers calls and has a question or a concern or an I thought or an idea, or one of your sisters or brother call, we, we're in this thing together. So same thing with the family of God. So how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Why? Or what's it like? Verse number two then says, it's like the oil. That, that falls down on the head. The oil is the anointing. So if you want anointing in your family, you want anointing in your business, you want the blessing or the anointing in things that you put your hands to do, recognize that God says it's good when people dwell together in unity. Coming down the beard or the even Aaron's beard. Now, Aaron was the, the high priest at the time. And so he's likening it to whoever is the head of your household. If you're a single parent household, if you're a married household, if you're by yourself in your household, if you're grandparents raising the next generation or another generation, the person in charge, you can unleash unity in your home. You can unleash unity in your church, in your community, at the workplace. It's incumbent upon you, and it comes down, and it rolls down. So this is a head-to-the-foot to the type thing, okay? Kids will reflect what they're around at the house. If there's bickering or fighting or complaining, a lot of time it's just a reflection of what mom and dad are doing or, or the parents or whatever. So just know that in, in the family, same thing in the church. Your, your parents were here last week. And recognize how much love there was in the church, okay? So let's go to verse 3 as we move on. It is like the dew of Hermon, okay? Hermon had the mountains and Hermon have a different scent. There's a fragrance that it goes off, and the fragrance are from the plants, and the plants are watered by the dew. So they're saying here there's a fragrance that goes up to heaven when you walk in unity with your loved ones, with your family members or friend. Again, we're talking about family. You want a successful family, walk together in unity. And then it says it comes down upon the mountains of Zion. And what does Zion mean? Zion means a place called best. So if you want the best for your life, you walk together in unity. It's a fragrance that goes up before the Lord. He starts to come down with blessing. For there, the Lord commands the blessing, life evermore. What does that mean? Well, we know it's eternal life, but that's not the only uh, method or message behind it. It means that this blessing becomes eternal. You want blessings in your life. You want blessings in your home, in your family. Why are things not working out? Why are things, or even when things don't work out, it's not a pointing of the finger. Why did you do that? What happened? It's a unity thing because where there's unity, God then commands this blessing life evermore. Yep. So it's, it's not just your family. Think of it as your church family, as the person sitting next to you, behind you, around you. Because God's word is speaking here of all of us. And we, we look at our church as a family and we look at us as, as the parents. And this was the prophetic word. So we've prayed into this to say, God, what does this look like? What does this mean? Why are we doing this? And we believe we have an, another campus and then we have this campus. And, you know, a lot of people went to that one and that's okay because he's going to refill this one. And, you know, a lot of people are just gone. So they're, they are missing today, but they're still part of us. Um, 
But the the key thing is, it's not just in our family, yeah, not right. the Dolphin House. It's in the whole family. And where, if we can take this word and say, how can Grace Church become so united that we love each other so much? When we do that, I believe that revival is going to hit Grace Church and Hickory, North Carolina, like it's been prophesied so many times over us. That there is the greatest revival. 14 years, is it 13, 13 years? years ago, we got a prophetic word before we even knew where we were going. And the person told us what it looked like. It looked like hickory. It had hills. It had mountains. It had trees. And they said, there are so many trees. Well, where we're from, you don't have a lot of trees because it's, it, they plow the trees down because the trees take up space in the farm. So they want to plow them, so there's no, not many trees. So the first thing we said, not even remembering that prophetic word, was, oh, my goodness, I've never seen so many trees in my entire life. Well, along with trees come pollen. Huh. We didn't know that because we don't have those. And, you know, your eyes and your allergies, so there was stuff that came with it. A lot of, a lot of pain came yep. with all of those beautiful trees. But God has taken us to a place, and this was all the prophetic word, so the family thing we're talking about today, yes, it's for your children. Yes, it's how you can have a good home. Yes, the whole family situ situation is, but it's more for the church yeah. that we're seeing in the spirit realm. And if you can go there in the spirit with us and pray into how can I be united? How can I care for somebody who is hurting? Maybe somebody in our church just lost a loved one. And how can I care? Can I take a meal or does it have to be Beverly have to take every meal to everybody? <laughs> no, I can step up and help Beverly. I can say, can you put me on a list? I can deliver a pizza. I can do something because when we can all become united, part of that word, that prophetic word we got, revival was going to hit and they, they what was it? The one in California was what they saw in the spirit that Azuzu or they saw, I can't remember right now. I'd have to go back and read my notes, but this great outpouring of revival. And then it was prophesied on TV by, yeah. I think it was T.D. Jakes and Rob Parsley. Rob Parsley. And they both even said, if there Hickory. is a Hickory, mm -hmm. if there is a Hickory, North Carolina, God's telling me that a great revival is on its way to, to there. And neither one of them knew there was a Hickory. So this was confirming, and this is what we're saying, trying to teach you prophecy, that revival is coming. But it won't come unless we're all united. So our job, I think, as parents, to teach our children how we can be blessed is united, how we can teach our church, how we can see revival, because we just don't want to sit around and say, we want to take and we want to take and we just want to be just a church. We want to be an outpouring vessel for people to come to know Christ. Right. That's the key. That's what we're to do. When people are sick, we can lay hands and they shall recover according yeah. to the word. Right. When they're going through a financial situation, we can teach them. If you can give to the house of the Lord, you can pay your tithes. God will bless you according right. to his word. Whatever you're going through, we can speak into that because we've been there we've done it but not until we're all united and we all care and we're not just thinking about us well he said this and she said that we don't hardly ever hear that so that tells us we're on the right track that you, right. unity is coming but church if we can all love one another the way the opening scripture said with humility mm -hmm. and don't think ourselves big know that he is big and we're just vessels. Yeah. So I think that is so, so important to the message of the family. 
not just your family. Yeah, because it works. The whole family. Works on every level. So it works if you're by yourself. It works if you have kids. It works if you have a spouse. It works if you have a job. It works if you go to Grace Church. What we want to do is we just want to operate in unity on every level. But the key, can you put a, that to Philippians 1 and 3 back up one more time, or 2 and 3 back up one more time, our, our key verse there? Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourself. That's not the American way, church. Come on back, worship me. That's not the American way. We know that. that, that that's, that's a, uh, we've become, most of us in America have become very selfish, right? If, if, it's, if it's good for me, I'll do it. If, if I can get something out of it, I'll do it. You know, it's not, it's not, and we know we have coaches in, the, in our church. We know that one person can just destroy the whole program, can destroy the whole team concept. Uh, and, and the same is true with, uh, with our Christ-like walk. When we walk together in love and, and, and not thinking we're better than someone, but just we're like, hey, we're all in this thing. It's so much fun to do life together. It really is. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um. I have a table at my, my home, yeah, that's good. and it, it it's 14 people. It is so, so beautiful. It's, we love our table, and it's sitting outside under a beautiful pergola that um, Daniel McGallier built for us, and Eddie built, Eddie goes, he was in first service, and he built this beautiful table, and when I explained to him what I wanted, he said, oh, Janie, that just sounds beautiful, but I tell you what, I got a better plan. What I want to do is I'm going to build two exactly the same, and then you can push them together. And then if you want one over here sometime or you want one over here, then you don't have to have the, the, the long table. Like this table would go 14 chairs. So 14 people on, on, the, on the bench. And 14. So there's two benches. So it's just a super long table. It's, I love it so much. And I said, no, Eddie, that's not what I want. I want one long table. He said, that's just going to be too heavy. I said, Eddie, I just want one long table because I want everybody that comes to my house that sits at the table, I don't want them to feel like, oh, wait, I don't have enough room. Let me go grab a chair or let me put another slide in this chair that doesn't match. I wanted you to know you had a place at my table. You had a spot where you could come and sit and you would feel like you were welcome and you, you knew your spot. And I think that's how it is in heaven. We have a spot. Jesus has gone away to prepare the table, and the table has our name on it. He doesn't have to pull up a chair. And it's beautiful if you do that. I'm not saying that. That was just how I wanted it. And he said, oh, I understand. I said, I didn't want the split in the table. I wanted just one long table. I wanted anybody that sat there to know they were welcome at our table. And I, and our, our family grew up like that. Drew would have people live in his home, young men that would come in that, you know what, they didn't have a family. And he, I think at one time he had four or five guys living in his house with him because they didn't have anywhere to live. We've had people that were going to go into care centers, and we said, you know what, can, can they just live with us? There was room at our table. And I think that is part of what God has done in this the spirit realm that, that he's putting on our hearts, there was a reason we just needed one table. So there's room at the table. And I think if we can get that mindset of your long white table, whatever, maybe you want brown, I don't know, mine's white. So long table. And there's room for you at that table. You don't have to look like us. You don't have to act like us. You don't have to be like us. 
but our table, there's room for everybody because we're united in that. So to me, that was um, one long table, one big table, because there's room for you at the table. And so we just felt like that was a, almost a prophetic part. The table went with the parenting as well, with the unity. And we have to start. It's not like a hoot and holler and a shout message, not this one. But you got to lay your basics. You have to put your basics in your family. In anything you do, you got to put your foundation. And if your foundation is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else is going to be added. So what are we adding today? We're adding unity in your family. There must be unity if you want your family blessed. Amen. And I like, like the idea then, too, somebody designed that table. Come on, give it up. Somebody... Somebody paid for that table, somebody placed the table, somebody moved the table, but also that there could be room for people at the table. And Jesus did the same thing. He paid a price for us. He made room at the table for us. It doesn't matter. It's not like it's a, a sold out crowd. There's always room for one more. And that's the whole idea behind family, behind unity, behind the table, is there's always room for one more. Look around the service today afterwards and say, hey, hey, who isn't here? Who shouldn't be here? Who, who's maybe on vacation? Who needs a text or a call? Who just needs a visit? Who, who, who at neighbor can I invite to the table who maybe doesn't go to anybody's table right now? Stand with me. Let me pray for you. We're going to finish with one more song. Our heart is this, that when there's room at the table, if we walk together as one, Amos said it, how can two to walk together unless to be as one? We have to walk together, which we do. But we have to know that there's room for the table for that one more, two more, ten more, a hundred more, how many ever more that God would have. People in the world are looking for something different, someone united, someone walking in love. Father, we love and bless you today. We thank you so much for who you are. Father, Lord, for allowing us to do church together, those watching online, those watching in-house, uh, celebrating. Father, we walk together. We thank you for making room at the table for us, but it goes beyond us. Lord, we know there's unity, God. You command your blessing. Stir our hearts this week to call someone, to invite someone, to send a note card to someone, to make room for one more. Open doors, Father, opportunities. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship. God bless you. Thanks for coming out.
community. You're going to get your, your family scripture. It's so important. Those are the things that your family will remember forever. Get your family, get them together. You know, movie night's awesome. Just giving a scripture to your family and say, hey, this is our family scripture. Let's learn it. Let's quote it. Let's memorize it. Amen. Let me just pray for you. Gracious Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we thank you, Lord, that you are so good. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you that it is alive, and it is still moving, it's still working today. So I pray for every family that is part of Grace Church and all those that are even watching online, that you would bring unity to those families where they are separated or brokenness, Lord, that there would be such a love, Lord, as that that dump truck is just backing up and it's beeping, it's beeping, it's beeping. Here's love, here's love. We receive that love. We receive it today. Lord, over marriages, Lord, we thank you for reconciliation. We thank you for miracles. We thank you for healings. We thank you, Lord, that you have all that we have need of and it is found in you. So I pray for every person, Lord, at the sound of my voice, those that are in need of a miracle healing, we just say by the stripes on Jesus' back, they are healed. Those families that need to be reconciled, we just declare unity over them. Lord, our church, Lord, we just cry out for unity because we know that unity will bring the revival, and revival brings repentance. So we're standing on that, we're declaring that, and we're waiting, Lord. We're waiting patiently. Hoopamoni, Lord, we're waiting on the revival that's going to hit Grace Church because we are united, and where there is unity, you command the blessing. So we're waiting on that, and we give you all the praise and all the glory, for you are good. In Jesus' name. Amen. We love y'all so much. Be blessed and we'll see you soon. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.